When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This holiday season, AT&T is giving away $25,000 just for telling them what great LG products you want this year. Stop by a participating AT&T store and snap a selfie holding up the LG products you want to get, like the LG V20 with 5.7-inch HD display and direct TV app to watch live TV. Then share your selfie on Twitter or Instagram with hashtag Here's What I Want Sweeps or upload it to Here's What I Want Sweeps.com for a chance to win $25,000. No purchase necessary. Click the banner for rules and a list of participants Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here, and I just wanted to drop in for a quick second to tell you that this podcast is really gaining popularity, and in order for us to continue growing like this, I'd love it if you could rate and review us on iTunes. Plus, I'm always excited to hear feedback and continue to improve our content based on what you want to hear. I know I'm in. Are you? is the second best player in the East. Why can tweeners make it in today's NBA? And is today's game really better than back in the 80s? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Today, I am pleased to bring on the esteemed Rick Kamla at the NBA TV's Rick Kamla to uh, talk a lot about what's happening in the NBA today. So, Rick, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you in the middle of a, of a storm in Atlanta, but thanks for coming on the show with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. I, I love talking hoops. and uh, But, yeah, we, we've had, like, tornado, uh, like, touchdowns. And this is in, like, midtown Atlanta, so it's, like, huge buildings kind of – uh, ironic, usually that hits like rural areas or suburbs. But yeah, we're uh, here in the heart of Atlanta, uh, getting some terrible weather, man. But uh, let's take my mind off it. Let's talk. Hoops. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I was talking with uh, some people this morning about the East, and the subject came up about Giannis and what he was doing last night against the uh, against LeBron. I'm not sure if you saw any of the game, but basically, yeah. what we were thinking was is that like he he is in theory the, the second best player in the East, and I was wondering if you had any thoughts about that. Well, I I, I like I like the call uh, in terms of you know dapping Giannis, and and he's just an amazing player. He's so long. And- yeah. Uh, a guy that long should not have the handle that he does. Um, but I, I think the second best player in the East so far, just based on, and I'm not saying, you know, uh, other than LeBron, I would necessarily start, you know, an Eastern Conference franchise with this guy by the number one pick, uh, but it'd be close. But to me, um, um, it's DeMar DeRozan of the Toronto Raptors. And uh, while he's cooled down a little bit, remember, I think he started with eight of nine, eight of the first nine, 30 plus. I was leading the league in scoring at about 34 a game, uh, and obviously Toronto was winning. Well, Toronto was still second in the East. Uh, I believe it's two and a half games behind Cleveland, and DeMar DeRozan has been simply spectacular. He is kind of uh, uh, where, you know, last year and the year before, I kind of thought that was Kyle Lowry's team. It's DeMar DeRozan's team. 
Uh, and so right now, um, and again, I'm not saying he's the second most talented, necessarily the second best overall, but through uh, how many games we played, 18, 19 games, mm-hmm. uh, through that sample of this year, I would say tomorrow tomorrow is the second best in the East. Wow. I mean, because, you know, I was looking at the PER just for fun. I'm not even a big fan of PER, but, hey, it's there. And if you look at the, the, the top uh, players, like, there aren't any East. The fifth is Jimmy Butler, and you have to go all the way down to 11 to find Giannis, or, sorry, 10 to find DeMar DeRozan, then Giannis is 11. The rest of it's just stacked with all West players. And it's, it's also interesting to, to think that even, let's just say, whoever DeMar is, whoever Giannis is, the, the next two players after LeBron are not even three-point shooters. Like, they don't make their living there. And, by the way, neither does LeBron much. So I think that that's kind of crazy to me as well when you look at, like, where the league is going. Well, yeah, and, you know, and you're talking about LeBron, who I, I think at times is that, that, that three-point shot really comes and goes. I mean, he'll have a game where he hits four or five, and, oh, my God, you know, and then he'll go, like, a week without hitting threes. Um, mm-hmm. It just really comes and goes with him. And with DeMar DeRozan, that's just not his game. I mean, it's not like he even takes them. He's a mid-range guy. He's a slasher. He wants to get fouled and get to the hoop uh, and, and, and get to the free-throw line. Um, but, yeah, it, because th- what you're saying here is, you know, it's, it's in the NBA today, it's all about pick and roll, tempo, hitting the three, guarding the three. And then we're talking about some of the best players in the league working in the mid range. And, you know, San Antonio last year, they didn't, they didn't rack up all those, what was it, 67 wins. They didn't do that necessarily hitting threes. Mm-hmm. They did it because they were the best mid range team in the NBA. So there are just some, some tried and true ways of, uh, of winning basketball in the NBA. Uh, and, and the old school still reigns with the exception of, of a of a big um, a low uh, uh, low post back to the basket big that guy whoever that guy is Jolly Lokapor Greg Monroe guys like that uh, those guys were almost getting phased out of the league. Oh yeah, well you know Kevin Durant would have been one of those guys. They probably would have forced him to gain you know forty or fifty pounds and stay on the block, <laughs> right? Like you know twenty five years ago, he never would have gotten to play in the perimeter. Oh, there, there's no doubt. And think about a guy like Paul Millsap. Uh, 20 years ago, he'd probably be a D-leaguer. Um, and, and I love Paul Millsap. He's a three-time All-Star, terrific player, but he's a tweener. And, and back, in the, back in the 90s, tweeners couldn't play. You know, you had a guy, he's, well, he's a little bit undersized for a four. You know, he's, he's not really athletic enough to play the three. So 20, 25 years ago, I was like, all right, we're moving on. We've got to get somebody else in here who fits into the cookie-cutter mold of, or whatever mold, mode of, of he's got to be a small, he's got to be, 6'8", 225 to be a small forward. He's got to be 6'10", 250 to be a power forward. Um, that's one of the things I really love about the evolution of the NBA and basketball is that if you are, like, think about it. Lillard and McCollum would never be a starting backcourt 20 to 25 years ago. Uh, but I, I really like the fact that uh, coaches and, and organizations are really thinking outside of the box uh, with player evaluation and the way they're setting up their lineups and their rotations. It's really fun. Yeah, I, I will throw this out there, not to be, uh, not to be, uh, you know, n- n- unnice to my guests, but Adrian Dantley might have an issue with you about being a tweener uh, 25 years ago. Uh, so would Barkley. Yeah, good call. Right, <laughs> Barkley was uh, that guy. Call. No, that that's a, that's an amazing call by you. Two of them actually, but but here's the thing: Adrian Dantley, Hall of Famer. Charles Barkley, Hall of Famer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like they, they were just so unbelievably great that they were able to overcome, uh, you know, their lack of size. But great call with Dantley. I mean, he was literally had like a two-guard body and had a power forward game at a, at a time, like I said, where, 
Uh, he really had to fit into a cookie-cutter type of deal. So uh, good polls on that. Well, speaking of unbelievably great, I've got to tell you about a company that could be in the Food Hall of Fame called Blue Apron. And if you haven't heard about them, this is a service that delivers fresh, high-quality ingredients right to your door with easy-to-follow directions so you can cook fantastic meals in your own kitchen. For less than 10 bucks a person, you're going to impress your wife, husband, significant other, kids, mailman, or anyone else you like to cook for by presenting to them a gorgeous plate filled with creative and savory meals. It doesn't take very long to make them at all. The portions are great. And I can tell you the crispy chicken with mashed potato and spicy collard greens was awesome. And my daughter and I had a great time making shrimp and shiitake dumplings from scratch. You can customize your menus to whatever types of food you like or let Blue Apron surprise you. It would be a perfect gift for the upcoming holiday season and you get your first three meals free by heading over to blueapron.com slash coachnick. I mean, this is like hitting a three at the buzzer for the win. So feel what it's like to be carried off the court by your teammates by going to blueapron.com slash coachnick and signing up now. You in? Uh, you know, and let's talk about that for a second because, you know, I watch a lot of the old games. And certainly we grew up, you know, watching them back in the day. Um, do you like where the league is going now? Do you enjoy viscerally watching the NBA now more than you did back then? Boy, great question. Um, I, I'm going to say I like it just as much. Um, I under, I'm 47. You know, I've, I've lived some life. I used to be really resistant to change when I was in my 20s. You're, you're young and dumb, and you got it all figured out. You think you know everything. Mm-hmm. And then you live a little bit. You travel a little bit. You meet a bunch of people. You, be, you meet people from diverse backgrounds. And you realize that uh, it, there's just a lot of stuff out there. You know, you got to expand your mind. you got to think outside the box. So, you know, <laughs> look, I, I grew up with, uh, with Showtime, Lakers Showtime basketball in the 80s. The, uh, the rivalry with them and the Celtics. And, you know, the games of the week would always be, you know, Lakers in Houston and, like, Philly and Boston, okay? And it just was every week. But I love that. And, and so that's kind of how I cut my teeth as an NBA fan and, and then eventually started covering the NBA. And it was – that was really the best of both worlds. You had teams scoring 120 and playing defense at the same time. But the talent was just so good that guys were scoring anyway. Now – there's a lot of teams that, that really aren't trying to play much defense, and, uh, and it's a very you know, pleasing to the eye offensive game. So I guess to, to make a long story short, I'm, I just go with the flow of the NBA. I'm a fan of the product year after year. Uh, there's always great players. There's always great teams to cheer for and root against. And, uh, and so I, I just kind of evolve and roll with it, man. I, I've loved it all the way along. Yeah, I could follow that. I mean, there, there were a lot of things that were fun to watch back then. Some of the things I do watch now in the 90s are a little bit tough for me, uh, even though I was a Bulls fan growing up in Chicago. Uh, it's really kind of hard sometimes when they grind it out and, and like post up every possession, and it's a six-dribble ISO down there. And, uh, and that happened in the 80s, too, in the playoffs when it slowed down. And so... I don't know. I kind of have this this weird like nostalgia for it, but also uh, when you watch it now, I, I I don't always get into it as much as I think I would have uh, as I did back then. It's kind of hard. I mean, you, you're you're making great points, and in terms of of you know '90s basketball, uh, you know Pat Riley and who I love and respect and and, uh, and I'm very friendly with, but you know, and, and he wasn't the only guy. You know, Fratello coached this way, the the Van Gundy. 
Uh, uh, Jeff Van Gundy coached this win. Of course, he's a, a Riley disciple. But it was let's win eighty three to eighty one. Who the hell wants to watch eighty three <laughs> to eighty one? I mean, I, I mean, I, again, I watch. I love the product, but I would much rather watch one fifteen one thirteen than eighty three eighty one. Um, but the rules were set up at that time that you could hand check the heck out of whoever you wanted. And so, you know, it's really the, the you know, the, the rule, the, the hands-off rule on the perimeter, that's the Derek Harper rule for me. Because, and, and I, all the guys that I work with in NBA TV, the Steve Smiths, the Brent Berries, the Dennis Scott, they all talk about how strong, and by the way, Derek is uh, uh, an analyst on our network from time to time too, but they always talk about how strong his hands were and his, his arms were, and he literally moved point guards with mm-hmm. his hands. And, and, you know, nowadays, obviously, that's a foul. Back then, you could get away with it. Those coaches were coaching to the rules that were set up at that time. So in that way, it's brilliant. Hey, this, this, these are the rules you got. This is how I'm going to coach my team based on those rules. But the NBA had to change those rules uh, because all that hand-checking on the perimeter was making it a really, I don't want to say ugly, but it was just a, 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 a real tough watch. Um, and, and now they, they, you can't hand-check those guys. Obviously, there's all this freedom of movement and, and the pick-and-roll and, uh, and, and guys you know, dropping 30 with regularity. So uh, it, it's, it's been a good evolution. For sure. And, I, you know, if you got on the court with me, I could show you. I could put two fingers on your hip. And that could control you. Like that's that's how important the handshake ended up being. You know, just two fingers could cause you to sort of not be able to move with freedom. It's amazing how well that works if you know what you're doing. And uh, and certainly that was a big issue with uh, with you know trying to trying to attack back then. Yeah, and I mean, and, and I mean, think about it. Derek Harper wasn't using two fingers. Derek Harper <laughs> was literally grabbing. He was grabbing your hip bone. If not grabbing, you know, a fistful of jersey, and uh, it's the way to play back then. Well, speaking of grabbing a fistful of jersey, did you happen to check out what happened last night with uh, Doc Rivers on the sideline? I did, yeah, I did. I, I mean, did crazy. I, you... I love Doc, man. I love that guy. All right, well, you're an NBA insider. Is, is there any uh, in, more insight into what that was all about and why, he, uh, why that happened? Well, in terms of... Okay, you got a two-point game uh, at the end of the first overtime. Uh, the Clippers had lost two in a row. Okay, and you got to think about this. The Clippers, and I know you know this. I'm kind of talking to your fans right now. The Clippers are trying to get over the hump. The only thing that matters for the Clippers this year is getting to the Western Conference Finals, which they've never been to. Chris Paul has never been to the Conference Finals. That's all that matters. So they have this on-a-mission mentality all year. The Clippers are trying – and by the way – uh, Chris Paul, opt-out this summer. Blake Griffin, opt-out this summer. And then you have uh, J.J. Redick, who will be an unrestricted free agent. There is a serious sense of urgency with the L.A. Clippers. That, And then you lose two in a row. And think about it. Friday night, you get beat by Detroit without Reggie Jackson. Okay, no big deal. Well, it is when you back it up with an L at Indiana, uh, where you score, I think it was 70 points, and Paul George isn't playing for the Pacers. Mm-hmm. And then you back that up with... Uh, you know, going to overtime and blowing a, a 16 or 18 point fourth quarter lead to a team to a, uh, a team that is going to be one of the bottom five teams in the NBA and had lost seven straight games. So I think there was a ton of that frustration built up and pent up with Doc. But also, he was uh, uh, talking with Lauren Holtkamp about that call, and he obviously disagreed with it. Um, and then Ken Mauer comes over was nowhere even near the play. And Ken Maurer, to my understanding, 
um, ruled that Doc Rivers was out of that coach's box, which, as we know, that's kind of an unwritten – I mean, it's not unwritten, but it's, it's not a really enforced rule. Mm-hmm. So he tees them up, Doc loses his mind, gets the second tee, and then really loses his mind. Um, I, I didn't have a problem with how Doc reacted. I thought it was great. Um, I'm a huge Doc Rivers fan, but I'm quite sure Kiki Bandaway in the league don't do it that way. He did not leave the court in a timely fashion. I would my my estimation would be uh, at least a twenty five thousand dollar fine for Doc Rivers. Wow. I mean, I, I would probably, you know, having been a coach on you know, my level, I, I would think that the reaction was a little bit extreme, especially because it was at a really crucial part of the game that could have cost them the game. Ironically, the Nets pretty much tried to give it back. Like, they missed the, the technical fouls, free throws. They let him tie it up at the three on, the, at the, on a terrible possession of defense by them. Uh, and they ended up somehow pulling it out anyway in overtime. So I think, uh, I think those are the things that end up factoring in. And I think the other concern tends to be, and this is what's trying to get them over the hump is how often they complain to the refs and that you know kind of starts with doc and i wonder if maybe this will have an effect on him and maybe they'll kind of get down to playing more maybe less getting in the ref's face as we all know rick is a very busy man over at nba tv so we had to cut the conversation a little bit short but he will definitely come back on the show for another segment and he is without a doubt in When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. This holiday season, AT&T is giving away $25,000 just for telling them what great LG products you want this year. Stop by a participating AT&T store and snap a selfie holding up the LG products you want to get, like the LG B20 with 5.7-inch HD display and direct TV app to watch live TV. Then share your selfie on Twitter or Instagram with hashtag Here's What I Want Sweeps or upload it to Here's What I Want Sweeps.com for a chance to win $25,000. No purchase necessary. Click the banner for rules and a list of participating stores.